Hi, I'm Jacob, and this isn't BBC Radio 1. And hi, I'm Kieran, tuned into whatever this is. And, and this, this is Pop Goes, Goes Capitalism. Capitalism. Day 15. Hi, Karen. Hello. How you doing? Feeling very Christmassy. Very excited. Oh, shit, yeah. Yes. Advent calendars are on now. Oh, yes. Yep. <laughs> Maltesers I have this year. Oh, look at you getting fancy advent calendars. I'm very excited. Maltesers. Well, I mean, it was only uh, 2 50 in Aldi. But... Fucking hell, what? Yeah. It was, it was, it was a good price. Yeah, it's like the little that reindeers. That seems expensive, but oh, it's really? like oh, it's fancy. Uh, I, I'm used to like the one pound, like you get tiny slab uh... of chocolate or whatever. Uh, but we have a, we have fabric advent calendars, so we slot in like chocolate. <gasps> oh yeah, Rico um, and I do that now. I didn't used to do that though. It's a very cute little thing. <laughs> yeah. Rico Brackett's husband. Oh, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Rico Brackett's husband. Yeah. yeah, we're in a different episode now. <laughs> We've jumped into a different recording studio. All is fine. So, yeah, hello. This is Pop Goes Capitalism on day 15, which means... It's a deep dive day. And, oh, baby, it's me this time. It's my magnum opus. It's my Roman Empire. It's my big, big... Radio Deep Dive. If you followed me pre-pandemic, radio was pretty much all I did, all I talked about. That was my life, my persona, my brand, if you will. And today, I'm dragging Kieran along with me. Woohoo! So, Kieran, you have so graciously opened my eyes to so many things in the world of music uh, and producing music over the course of this podcast so far. I think it is fair that I I show you inside my old stomping ground of the radio industry. I am very excited. Very, very, very. And my opening question to you is, what is radio? Um, Like... <laughs> Like when when I first thought about this question, my answer was like TV without the video, <laughs> <laughs> which I know is like a really shit way of saying it because obviously radio <laughs> did exist before TV. Um, like it's just like audio, like or audio entertainment, or like you know, and it's like transmitted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you're not wrong, to be honest. It is TV without the screen. And also, it is a, a broadcast um, of radio waves. Chapter one, a brief history of radio. <laughs> yeah, radio is... I love this podcast, shut up. <laughs> radio is most commonly understood to be the broadcasting of audio by radio waves Two radio receivers, a.k.a. that old box thing that you used to have in your kitchen before smart speakers came to listen to your every move. (laughs) The earliest radio stations were actually radio telegraphy systems, which didn't actually carry audio at all. They were text only sent via the radio waves. So if you've ever wondered how your old car radio was still able to know what song was playing on the radio, it's because radio waves carry metadata. 
the more what you the fuck? know. What the fuck? Oh my god, we're so early in and I'm already shook. <gasps> I <laughs> yep. didn't know that. Yep, they carry uh, the metadata along with the audio. Oh my god, that makes sense. Wait, so I have a question already then. Yeah, go for it. When it doesn't, when it doesn't carry the metadata, what fucking excuse is there? Uh, probably many. Um, technical <laughs> issues, the system isn't sending the file to the right place for it to be okay. included. Um, and, and all sorts. Like, there are probably okay. numerous ways that that can go wrong. I mean, for years, uh, Gadio in Birmingham was playing, like, a single song according to the now playing thing. Oh my god. And they just never fixed it. Wouldn't you be blessed if you were that one person? I think it was a Charlie XCX featuring somebody's song. (laughs) So truly a blessed woman. Oh my god. Uh, (laughs) I love that. Okay. Oh my goodness. That piqued my interest. (laughs) So here's where I skip over some things. Like something, something that was Valve technology. Suddenly, 1920, wireless broadcast for entertainment began in the UK from a research centre near Chelmsford. Research Centre became known as 2MT and began broadcasting regular entertainment in 1922 when Uh the BBC was amalgamated and later received their Royal Charter in 1926, making it the first ever national broadcaster in the world. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So fast forward a lot more bullshit and wars, other shit fuckery. In 1964... A bunch of pirate radio stations came into being. Think Radio Caroline. They were created to try and circumvent record companies having control over popular music whilst the BBC had a monopoly on radio broadcasting in the UK. It wasn't technically illegal at the time either because these stations... (laughs) Do you want to know where they're broadcast from? Where? Boats in international waters. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Very libertarian of them. Oh my god, okay. Yeah, Radio Caroline is quite notorious for having been broadcast on a boat, and I think still is. I don't think it's illegal anymore because it's just an internet one, but... That's iconic. I think it's still on a boat. You know what I would have done? I would have broadcast, like, island music only, you know, like... (laughs) Like, vibes. Like, the chill The communist propaganda you could have spouted. Yeah. From international waters. Oh my goodness. So all these pirate radio stations forced the British government to actually regulate radio services and permit nationally based advertising financed service, aka radio that was paid for by adverts, aka commercial radios here, baby. It's all Uh, downhill now. Wait, so that's crazy. So like... It was just, like, the only, like, sanctioned thing was the BBC. And then they only even allowed, like, a third party because of, like, pirate radio. Yeah, because the BBC had the monopoly. So The pirate radios were the only other way that you could get music that you wanted to hear or whatever. So the only reason there even is, like, a radio market is because they were like, oh, shit, but pirate radio, that's kind of a problem, huh? (laughs) Pirate radio stealing my money! (laughs) That's... 
Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah, so this is all during the 60s, so it feels quite recent, to be honest. Like, uh-huh. it sometimes shocks me how recent technology just sort of exploded. Yeah. Especially for, like, entertainment purposes. So in response to these new commercial radio stations, the BBC renamed and restructured their radio channels on the 30th of September <laughs> 1967, which is a date I know well as the birthday of Radio 1 which offered popular music. Radio 2, more easy listening. Radio 3, classical, cultural programmes. Radio 4, doing newses, quizzes, dramas, plays, you know, all the talky shit. Uh It was also the year that BBC Local Radio came into being. Ooh. Yes, that is your very brief history of radio to get us to this point. Any questions? Uh, no, I think I interrupted with all of the questions there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's what I wanted you to do. Some excellent. Chapter two. Jacob and Radio. Jacob Edward. <laughs> yeah, we're not quite done with the history yet. We need to sort of rewind our brains maybe 10 slash 15 years into the past now. Because here is how I fit into all this. Throughout my first year in secondary school, when my life went from bad to worse because schools are just torture facilities for autistic young people, I found escape in the form of radio. Specifically, Radio 1. Even more specifically, Scott Mills on Radio 1. That station became my safe haven from all the bullshit that was going on with school. I fell in love with everything about radio. It truly became my autistic special interest. I even managed to rope a family friend at the time into hosting a weekly radio show on an internet station called Rubik's Radio so that I could host these shows that I was too anxious to do alone with a friend. Aww. Thankfully, no footage of this exists anymore because, oh God, (laughs) the Jacob and Tom show will live forever in our hearts. But fast forward six months and my friend... Decided to finish up. He was busy. He wasn't overly interested in doing it. And that led to me carrying on presenting solo into the future, which eventually led to my TCRFM era, a local community station in Tamworth. So picture the scene. In 2015, a very anxious me turns up to a very run-down, somehow still open youth centre to record a demo show for them. A demo show that I still have a copy of. Oh, that's nice. Do you want to hear what a 2015 Jacob sounded like recording a demo? Oh my goodness. unbelievably anxious. Okay, yeah. Okay. I don't know if you're going to recognise me. Hello uh, there, we've Gravity on TCR FM. Jacob Edward here. Welcome to the show. I've got a good show planned for you today, as always. I'm going to be doing a feature called The Top Fives. More on that in just a little while. If you want to hear a song on the radio today, please text me on 07766 40 41 42. Make sure to start your message with the word TCR. You can Twitter us at TCRFM Tamworth or message us via the website or our mobile apps. So the next song I'm going to play you is a new one from Charlie XCX. It's featuring Rita Ora. I really, really like it. It's called Doing It. <laughs> Why did I think this is a good idea? I love it. You, you sound confident already, though. That's like wild to me. 
I do not sound like me, though. I sound like a robot that's just being forced to speak. <laughs> AI Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah, my favourite part, though, was you can Twitter us. R.I.P. Rest in peace. I Never loved forget. that. You can Twitter us. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore, you can't. No. Twitter and the station don't exist anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. It's all gone. It's all, oh, gone. all my happy places. That was that was so fun to listen to. That's Don't so worry, cool. there's more. Oh, okay, I'm excited. So that demo clip, whatever you thought of it, somehow got me a weekly show on a Sunday playing the best in new music and genuinely having an absolute lol of a time. This Khalifa featuring Charlie Poof. See you again on TCRFM. Hello, this is Jacob Edward. This is my first show and welcome to the show. Yes, I've got loads of buttons to press. It's really quite confusing. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I really, I do. Don't worry. So on the way this show, I have got True or False, which we will be hearing from my friend Tom in that, who actually requested that song that I just played, Wiz Khalifa, See You Again. That was a request for him. Sorry, Tom, I forgot to mention that was your request. It's all fine. I, oh, I like it. (laughs) That's the same Tom I did that radio show with back in school as well. (laughs) It was very nice. I was asking people for requests. (laughs) I request a request. <laughs> no, you you're so you're so good at like playing things off and like, you know, keeping going. Like that's a really cool talent that you have. Thank you. Like you were you like Ugh. Yeah, it was just like it didn't stop. Even when you could like when you were like and I have no idea what all of these buttons do. Uh I do. I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't that think I would have said that up. now. I would have tried no. to play that off differently. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Wink. But like... <laughs> but it was still like, oh, I don't know. I found this you is very like entertaining. Nearly eight years ago now. So I like to think that I've improved. But I have actually got a jump in time for us now. Ooh. For the silliness and professionalism grew over time, thankfully, and progressed into this. Now, whilst I was listening to old clips trying to find things to play, I came across this intro, which I found so intriguing in so many different ways. I just kind of needed to play it as like a progress intro. And Simone Farah's won the Great North Run for a fourth year in a row. That's the latest. I'm Kate Holdsworth. Oh, Kate, you sped up there. Weather. Windy with sunshine and some showers this afternoon. There may be heavy and a risk of hail and thunder later on. Feeling cool with a maximum temperature of 18 degrees. 106.8 TCRFM. Jacob Edwards calling all the way from Australia. This is Jacob Edwards. Good afternoon, everybody. It is two minutes past two on the 10th of September. I'm a year older, and I've just been browsing Instagram before the show. And I found this really funny post that I just had to share with you. This is from the obvious ostrich. Did you know if you take your age, add four to your age, and then minus four, that's how old you are. Genius. Right then, let's start today's show with Taylor Swift. Oh, that was, yeah, I hear the progress. That was the very short start of a show where you come out of the news, do the weather, intro. Yeah. 
I, I, I cracked up at, oh, you've sped up. <laughs> she like, did. She started going really fast. That's my first. <laughs> I thought you'd sped it up for some copyright purpose, to be honest. Like, I did notice. <laughs> no, she actually did. And I was I was just going to say, because I normally just went, thank you, whatever, and then pressed the weather. But, like, she sped up and I was like, oh, you went fast, man. <laughs> I and they are, the newsreaders are from Sky News. They get beamed in like ah. automatically, so th- they don't know us. It's just I just it, it creates the illusion, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And I mean, I've been digging for a while, so I found quite a lot of things. Would you like to hear about the time that I went on a date that wasn't a date when I was aged eighteen? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, but I'll say yes. <laughs> I'm intrigued. <laughs> It was really cute. I met this guy. We had a walk around town. We had a coffee. And we just talked a lot, which is much better than going to a club because clubs are really annoying. And anyone that suggests to me, let's go out to a club, I'm like, no, please don't. It went so well that we met up the day after. And he instigated that, not me. So I was like, yes, queen. On the second one, we went up the Ankerside multi-storey car park and had a look at the view, which is a lot cuter than it sounds. And then we watched a film at his and had some pizza. Honestly, that's all I need in a day. So I classed it as a date. Part of me's really hoping he's not listening to this. Apart from that, he's now gone home. Nothing else to report yet. I think there won't be anything else to report for about a year now, but not a bad thing. We're off to a good start. I love that link so much. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's so funny how I managed to, like, lock in so many local references. Like, we went up the Ankerside multi-story car park, which, by the way, is Um... a real place. We did actually do that. Oh, okay. (laughs) But like that is that's that's what I like about local radio. You can just name drop local places and it's oh just, it's yeah, fine. that sounds cute. Yeah, yeah. And this was also the era where I thought clubs were the, like the only thing we should be talking about, and so I had to mention that like this is better than a club for me. <laughs> had to wedge that in there some way. And uh, like after the show, like after like a year or so, another show started, which was after mine, hosted by these two girls who were absolute lols. Uh, uh-huh. And most weeks when I finished my show, I would just stay stick around for their show. And we had some absolutely wild fucking times. I don't know how much of this I'm going to end up leaving in the episode. But would you like to hear some of these wild clips? Because they were just so bizarre. Oh my goodness. Okay. This is Jacob and Grace. Dedication. I believe you wanted to dedicate this song to someone. Yes. Um, this, this person came into my life five months ago. Um... <laughs> I'm joking, it's Ethan Hutchins. Listen to it now. Thank you. Uh. <laughs> my eyes actually welled up, so he came into my life. He came into my life only five months ago. <laughs> and he's maybe and the I'm happiest. a changed woman. He's maybe the happiest person in the whole world. He's mine. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that that's some examples of my time at local community radio. That sounds like a whale of a time. 
I wish we still had that station. That was such a fucking good time. It's also like, yeah, I love the laughing because I would love that when I was commuting. Like, I would love to just basically listen to people laughing. Um, so now you're queued up on roughly what was going down at uh, TCRFM Tamworth during 2015 to 17. Once I hit 18, I joined the management team of the station because it's all volunteers. Uh, I can't really remember what my job actually was. Uh, I just felt well out of my depth. Uh, But I loved doing what I was doing so much and being involved in whatever way I could be. Like, it's so cool hitting 18 and then suddenly being like in charge of music and shit. It's so cool. Oh, yeah, that sounds that sounds really exciting. However, come October 2017. The funds ran out, the station was looking likely to close due to the lack of funding. Until, at last minute, it was saved and took over by a new team of which I was part of for a short time. So due to the small scale of community radio, I don't have much evidence here to back up all the things I really want to say about that new management team. Because even the local press isn't that interested in what happens in community radio and documenting these things. So documents just don't exist. And I don't want them to bring their wrath upon me if I went into details. But let's say we parted ways on not the best terms. Let's leave it at that. Oh. Oh, I might have to bleep that. On an unrelated note. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, I was on the eve of heading to university in Manchester at this point, and so I focused all my energy there instead. Very excited about the world of student radio, the potential to get some work experience at the BBC at their Media City base in Salford near Manchester. So um, this was what's going on in my life at this point. Uh-huh. Basically, what you heard of Jacob and Grace is kind of what I expected out of student radio. Yeah. Turns out I'm actually the worst at interacting with my peers because student radio was an absolute nightmare oh God. on steroids. And so by Christmas, so September to Christmas, I was pretty much done with student radio completely and decided to focus on my brand new volunteering that I was doing as a producer for Gadio's local Manchester topical discussion show, The Exchange, back when that existed. I would describe it as this podcast, but for centrists. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. So I had previous doing chit-chat, is what I'm saying. Wow. We'd have six stories a night, three an hour, two-hour show, few songs littered in between, and discussion about local and national news stories. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, Gadio have been really good to me from the start, and so I don't want to slag them off here. And after producing for months, I was finally let loose with a few of these shows, so I was then presenting on the uh, the exchange shows. And the demos from that show in Manchester, talking about weird politics with random citizens of Manchester uh, every Monday night or whatever it was, somehow impressed Radio 1 enough that I got invited to be part of their first ever Christmas presenters takeover, where 30 or so presenters got to cover shows over Christmas and New Year on Radio Fucking One! So cool. Yeah, 12-year-old Jacob was fucking shook. (laughs) Not even 10 years since the inception of that special interest, I was 
living my literal dream. Not only did I get to meet my like literal hero at the time, Scott Mills, I got to shadow him doing his actual shows on Radio 1 and get tips from him. It was so surreal that all led to this on the 30th of December 2019. Morning! You join me on the greatest day of my life. Hello, my name is Jacob Edwards. This is BBC Radio 1. Decade anthems continue with me now. The year is 2014 and we have a strong start. I'm still I'm still disappointed I have to start with the Jess Glenn song. But oh well, I was on Radio 1. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, so I did two shows uh, on the 30th and 31st of December, New Year's Eve of all shows covering Clara Ampho, icon in herself. I genuinely thought I had done it. I thought I'd shown everyone who didn't like me or hated me or whatever, who had ever been a little bit of shit to me, that I could do it. I was on Radio 1 and, and they weren't. <laughs> I actually remember the Student Radio Association, they came crawling out from whatever ditch they'd been hiding in, uh, wanting me to talk about how much Student Radio had helped me in my journey. Uh, <laughs> Lol. I could say a lot about the SRA, and I think it would make this episode way longer than it already is. But uh, <laughs> what I will say is I see them as an awful symptom of a broken system designed to con students out of money, and they should probably be an episode all in themselves. Wink, wink. I probably will make oh, them an episode. Ooh, the sequel. <laughs> the sequel the, where the I just rant off. about the Student Radio Association for two hours. <laughs> um, so whilst being the most affirming thing that could ever happen to me, ever, the Radio 1 shows were literally just two shows, and it very quickly became apparent that I hadn't actually changed at all. Uh, all that had changed was that my CV had a BBC bump on it, which meant that I suddenly was getting into job interviews and talks that I wouldn't have before, into networking events. Uh, but that never stopped me fucking those up like I always had uh, in the uh, BR1C, which is before Radio 1 Christmas, as we're now calling it in the saga keep-up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I remember about a month after these shows, I reached out to the person that oversaw like the production of the whole thing over Christmas on Radio 1. And because uh, I was still very much in this mindset that I've got to like network, I want to talk to people and whatever. <laughs> it felt yeah. so awkward after our coffee. He asked me if I had followed up with the big boss of Radio 1. And I was like, no, was I supposed to? Turns out, yeah. That's when it clicked for me for the first uh -huh. time that this industry is just not accessible to somebody like me. Because in the buzz of all that, I didn't realise they expected me to sort of keep in touch and be like, yeah, I want to do more. I thought, oh, I bet, better leave it. Uh, <laughs> I better leave it. I don't want to be nagging them <laughs> or whatever. Turns out I was supposed to. Um, okay. So I remember having like going home on that train journey after meeting this person, typing out some sort of email to the boss to be like, ah! Uh, never oh, got a uh, reply to that. Um, but I will say that person is amazing and I think they still follow me as well, so they may end up hearing this. Uh, I have no ill will towards them. I think they're amazing at what they do. And as a lot of people are, I just wasn't very good at this industry. <laughs> Uh -huh. The next month, I had a chat, which in the industry is apparently a job interview, with a commercial <laughs> station guy who seemed very keen on meeting me after seeing my CV and then never responded to me again after meeting in person. <laughs> a pattern that got Ouch. very common very quick. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh no. What I also thought? had an actual BBC official job interview uh, during that month as well, which was a train wreck. I was oh, anxious no. and I knew it was showing. I had to present this whole pitch to them in this horribly warm meeting room. And after the rejection call that I kind of knew was coming anyway, they told me that they were looking for something different, which, by the way, they never mentioned in the brief, because if they had, I would have given it to them. Uh But they said they liked one of my ideas and wanted me to work with them on it during the summer. So I was like, I will take that as a win, because it was something, it was anything. And I was still in this like grind set at the time. And I think it's been long enough now to talk about this. I kind of expected to hear from them before the summer, but never did. Maybe my autistic ass was reading the social situation wrong, or they were just letting my ass down nicely. Um, I never heard from them and didn't get in touch. But then I saw that they just fully did my idea without (gasps) And that was the moment that I saw red and the industry started to unravel for me. I tried to make peace with the fact uh that radio that i did it that i did the shows i got my dream i achieved the goal of being on radio one by like age 21 or whatever it was um but despite everything it will always be like a bittersweet end with seeing that station do the idea that i had told them and pitched to them in unbelievably anxious circumstances and just do it without me that that hurt that fucking hurt yeah that that's horrible (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> that's that's a really cutthroat. Yeah. Yeah. So shortly after this, the pandemic actually happened, and I suddenly had a bunch of shows to do remotely on Gadio. Uh, later in the pandemic, I helped them launch an early breakfast show, of which I was the host on. I've been treated amazingly by them, and I still occasionally do cover shows for them when I can, and that. He's a very condensed history of my connection to radio. Cool. I've left out a hell of a lot there, but um, uh, including podcasts and all sorts. But uh, any questions, Kieran? Um, no. It's nice to have like a brief like outline because I didn't really know the story beforehand. So it's cool to like know your journey through radio. Yeah, that that's my timeline. Cool. Yeah. Right, here's where we get juicy then. <laughs> Modern radio. Okay, so we've talked about like the history of radio, we've talked about me and radio. Let's talk commercial radio licenses. Okay. So, you know, commercial radio stations, they get awarded a license by Ofcom. That is the government body that controls licenses for a given area. Uh, as well as being the industry regulator, no problems detected, Ofcom often hold, quote-unquote, beauty contests, that's Wikipedia's words, not mine, to determine whether a station will be granted permission to broadcast in that area. Uh Stations have to submit a detailed application with things like proposed format, local need for that content or competition to other services, because this is capitalism, and... Also, research to determine the demand for their particular style of broadcast in that area. Stations do actually have to stick Uh, to these licenses too, by the way. These should always be accessible via a station's websites, meaning that big networks like Hits Radio on their generic non-area-specific website have like four of these at the bottom with brackets next to the public file telling you which area it's for. Oh my god, okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, so this is the let's let's take Hits Radio, Bournemouth and Pool as our example for today. So here's their public file. I've got it in front of me. It says um, news in except in special or exceptional circumstances on like bank holidays. The station broadcasts news bulletin hourly from 600 hours to 1900 hours with additional headlines in weekday and breakfast, evening and drive periods. Bulletins contain a mix of local and regional, national and world stories, along with sport, weather and entertainment news. At the weekend, bulletins contain local, regional, national and world news, along with sport and weather and entertainment. A broadcast between the hours of 700 and 1300, because apparently after 1300 hours, you don't need local news anymore. Uh, you've got emails in the public file for like the news team is man- managed by Jason Beck. Uh-huh. Contact the news here. Uh, programs and stuff like local programming, except in special or exceptional circumstances, e.g. specials, hits radio, brackets, Bournemouth and Pool. Each weekday show is broadcast from our station studios in Fairham, which is one show, 10 to 1. <laughs> All other shows are broadcast from our hit radio network centre at Hits Radio, Castle Street, Manchester. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. There's loads, all, loads more in here about... <laughs> we aim that our radio station belong to the area that they serve. Any suggestions and thought on our output is always valued. They have to put that there. Uh, and how to complain as well to uh. the station directly if you don't fancy going through Ofcom, although I would recommend just going through Ofcom. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I don't know what the right word is. This is the <laughs> character of their service. And this is their words. A music-led service primarily targeting 15 to 44-year-olds with appropriate speech content to appeal to local listeners, the music will focus primarily on current hits and a mix of music from the last 15 years. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, so that, that's, like, that's a typical commercial radio station, isn't it? It's a big network, one show a day comes from Manchester in the week. No, in, from the local area in the week. The rest comes from Manchester sort of thing. Yeah. This does, however, bring me nicely into The Great Marge, one of radio's most controversial and fundamentally capitalist topics. Couldn't do an episode about the radio industry without talking about networking. So the fun fact that I left out of that particular public file of hits radio brackets Bournemouth and Pool is that not so long ago, I'm talking like a year or so ago, that was actually a small commercial radio station called Fire Radio that launched in 1999 and got Aww. swallowed by the Bauer machine in September 2021. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. They had some fucking banging jingles on that old station as well. Their production was solid. Um, the most well-known example of this is probably when Galaxy got swallowed by Capital FM. Now, just Capital. A station that was named as such uh, because it was for London, e.g. the fucking capital city. Oh my and god. And is now just a grim reminder that capitalism consolidates power under a brand called Capital. Oh my god, I can't believe that that never hit home for me. <laughs> yep. That makes so <laughs> much fucking sense, but it's just... It's just one of those things that's right in front of you the whole fucking time until somebody actually says it. Yep. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, God. I get so... it now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so Capital was just a local hit music station for the Capital until it wasn't. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if a station was brought by, say, Global, who own Capital, and is similar enough in format to Capital, they can 
rebrand it, kill most of the local shows by one or two. It used to be six hours of locally produced content per weekday and three at weekends too. <laughs> All uh... those were the days. Until Global had to go Ofcom and Ofcom managed to get that down to three hours on weekdays only. And so you have a single presenter do three hours a day from a local area and boom, everything else can come from London or Manchester or space for that's, all Ofcom cares. That's sad. That is sad. Yeah. Welcome to networking. <laughs> so yeah. if the station previously wasn't like Capital though, or whatever station they own that they want to absorb it into, they would leave that station running as it was and go to Ofcom and be like... Daddy, please let me turn this shit local station into Heart FM. <gasps> and that usually does the trick. And then it's just a case of flicking some switches rather than indicating a few presenters from the odd station. And so uh-huh. Fire Radio becomes Hits Radio really easily. I'm mixing my metaphors here because Fire Radio actually became uh, Hits Radio rather than Capital. But yeah. That's, I don't know, that's so sad to me. Yeah, because... Because, like, local stuff is really, like, valuable and nice. Seriously. Like, yeah. like even what you were saying, I mean, we're not, we're not from the same area, so I didn't have fucking clue what places you were referencing about your day. <laughs> but, like, but, like, shit like that's nice. And it's nice it to, like, listen to a radio station that, you know, like, I mean, it's quite pathetic, really, that this is the example that comes to mind nowadays. But it's like, uh, like when Rico and I are driving back from somewhere, like they'll say there'll be traffic updates, and they'll uh, be traffic. like, like oh, it's getting getting busy on the A one southbound past Durham, and it yep. and it's like, oh, that's that's just where we used to live, or or like, oh, you take that route to work, Rico, in the past. <laughs> Or, or something like that. And just like little things like that are like so nice. Travel is actually a fascinating thing when it comes to commercial radio because a lot of it is done through, or at least it used to be done through Inrix, I think it's called, um, which was a company in itself, which was basically a bunch of people shoved into like an open air office with little microphones on headphone things. Uh-huh. And they would do the local traffic for like a bunch of radio stations what the fuck? altogether. Okay. <laughs> and it, it it's like a really bizarre thing. Like the travel, the travel was never produced by any of the stations taking it. That's so weird. Okay, <laughs> it's a really bizarre thing. I don't know if they still do it like that. I feel like most of them dropped doing travel altogether. So it's but, basically yeah. outsourcing. Yeah, they love outsourcing. Don't it they? makes Ooh. a lot of sense now that we've put it in those terms. <laughs> yeah. a local station i did some work experience for when i was at college was actually absorbed into the capital brand of local transmitters oh, uh it was no. called touch fm and which they couldn't even pretend it was like rebranding because it was such a different format to before meaning that local listeners actually made more of a fuss because there was uh-huh. just no station left for them at all okay. i think somebody launched a community station after that but that's that's still difficult because money and they close all the time and they can't get presenters because they can't pay them um yeah and personally as well the sort of small business argument against networking does eke me a little bit it's not really anti-capitalist it's just local mom and pop capitalism rather than ashley tabber king owns all radio ever he's the guy that owns capital and global uh-huh. heart and lbc the jeff bezos of radio really yeah i get what you mean it's like the whole layers to it thing like kind of like 
like Keir Starmer's labour is like all about, yes. you know, like, you know, hard work, like a hard working immigrant with a corner shop. That's kind of like his vibe, you know, like he's like, oh, yeah, we need to support the hard working immigrant with the corner shop. And then but yes. then but yeah. then you have to be hard working if you're an immigrant and it's like let's support like all of these aspirational people everyone wants to be a business owner or whatever mm-hmm. it's like no we should just support like people yes we should and like we should we should i guess it goes back to wait i can't remember where the fuck we talked about this oh i think this is just us voice messaging Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah it was <laughs> I mixed it up. I was like, oh, it must have been on a fucking podcast. Um, Yeah, over the past month, we talked, we had a conversation about, like, value and how, like, worth is defined. Mm -hmm. And how, like, under a capitalist system, that's often defined by, like, having a job. And, like, uh, what what was it? Like, uh, contributing to society is defined or contributing by, to capital <laughs> yeah it's con is defined by like having a job yeah and yeah we shouldn't just support things because they have financial worth and economic mm. worth and because they yes. contribute to the economy like local radio is fucking nice and that's enough you know what yes. i mean that's enough of a reason why we should care about it and, and local radio yeah. does exist, but it's completely and utterly underfunded and funding capped as well. <gasps> capped? No, yes. not that. Okay. Yes, I don't actually think I get into it much on here at all, but uh, community radio has a set amount that they can earn through advertising revenue, um, <sighs> which seems bonkers, but it's because it's like to do with like community it's registered as a cic a community interest corporation which means they are governed by slightly different rules and so uh-huh. it's a bizarre bizarre approach to literally anything but yeah okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> speaking of this though and the world of capital like emerging stations into capital bauer media did something slightly different to capital's approach where they kept certain heritage quote-unquote names of stations but then uniformed it under the hits radio format Uh, so from uh what i can gather the only stations that didn't get forced into the hits radio naming are like stations in city with big brand recognitions like free radio in birmingham didn't get turned into hits radio birmingham and i think that was on purpose or Uh, either some weird licensing thing that meant it was cheaper just to remain a different name even though all the content is still shared there's one local show a day in the week uh but the jingles are all free radio but in the style of hits radio it's so bizarre so it's basically like when you're in a city center and you have a fucking mcdonald's that has the nice stone walls outside of it the stone walls outside the mcdonald's where it's like that old style design and then and then you just look and there are these glass panes and a big yellow M. And you're like, uh-huh. Still yeah, a McDonald's. Yeah. Uh-huh. Still there. Yeah. What okay. these big networks do do, though, they may all be called capital, but they allow local illusion on the adverts. <gasps> 
fuck yeah that's so true oh no i don't like that you've told me that you just instantly shattered it yeah so you've got a presenter and some news bulletins every day that are sort of local but the adverts can be hyper localized to areas because all of these stations will split their adverts for specific areas it's 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 honestly wild because like they they won't they they couldn't deal with having six hours of local shows. They needed it to be three. But every <laughs> 20 minutes, there's an ad break that is actually localised to the area that it's broadcasting in. Yeah. God, though, yeah. So, like, if you're listening to Hits Radio Manchester, even from all the way here in Birmingham, that feed has got the Manchester things on it. Unless they're using that even weirder technology that some radio stations now have which led it to be hyper-focused to the device that it's on, Ooh. which is even weirder and creepier and datorier that I don't yeah. really understand, but um, and uh. can really fuck up your, like, out-of-ads uh, jingle. Because <laughs> the ads end and either there's a big gap of silence or the ad ends and you're halfway through a song. It's mm, not great. <laughs> uh-huh. Not good technology. Okay. You can tell as well that commercial stations managed to get it down to just three hours a day in the week for like a local show. They are gagging for Ofcom to finally bend to Global one more time and just finally let them network the whole thing. So the local presenter for Brighton and for Bournemouth and for Bristol and for Manchester and wherever else, they can just be sacked and they can just have one guy doing it. <laughs> That's so sad. I know. Meanwhile, over at BBC Local Services, they've also had to recently deal with the struggles of this after weekday evenings were locally networked. So not totally like these commercial shits, but close uh-huh. enough. Essentially, instead of all the local stations having a local show of an evening, it's like one show from Birmingham for a few Midlands stations like Coventry and Warwickshire, Hereford and Worcester, and uh... like Midlands-based one show. Uh, Devon and Cornwall and wherever else is probably combined like little little combination networks like that which is like yeah uh, it's not great and it went about as badly as you can expect as well especially because the BBC local stations uh, used to be very good in times of like crisis take the recent flooding in Devon thanks to new split programming it was barely mentioned which isn't great (laughs) if you've got no power no internet and are in a car or trying to use a battery fm radio to hear updates about the flooding a deeply stupid decision from the bbc to be honest yeah because like the utility of radio especially in like like disaster or like you know Mm -hmm. you know like emergency situations (laughs) Or, like, yep. more critical things. Like, because radio is more resilient as a format and a medium yep. of communication and TV. Especially now TV is headed largely, well, it's, like, basically digital. And, I mean, we're mm-hmm. heading towards Sky Glass as well and shit like that, where it's all done <laughs> over the internet anyway. You know, yep. so eventually the TV won't be the TV anymore. It will just be the fucking internet. And then it's literally mm-hmm. radio and internet. So the yeah. so like that's an interesting dimension to like consider what you're talking about from is like that actually harms the communication in an emergency. And I mean I know this is like a a really silly example, but it's like what if you have like two active stabbers like at completely <laughs> different cities? 
but like they're they're they've been like I, I forget the way you said it but like grouped like the yeah, radio networked. one network yeah. show and then it's like how do we say like fucking hell get out of bath city center but then like also <laughs> and also <laughs> if you and also if, bristol city center yeah like get just get out of both of them and it's like huh what it's yeah I and, mean, actually, and then it's like which one do you say first which which stabber do you report on first? Which which city residents don't think they tend do to do about? like active stabbers? Like there's it's quite a rare thing that there's like uh, active stabbers well, um, that are well, going around. No, but I mean like if there were to be one, you know what I mean? Like or something like that. Like a, a stabbing was the first thing that came to mind. So you can see what mindset I've been in today. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but like, but, but like. Like, I, I I just mean if there are two, like, active things that are happening concurrently. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily well, like the floods stabbing. Thing. Cornwall and yeah. Devon were probably both flooding. Or what if... probably have both done with local updates. Yeah, that. or, like, one flood, one stabbing. What do we do now? What do we prioritise? What do we say We don't. First? We just... We're light entertainment now. That's what the BBC... I don't think they mentioned <laughs> the floods at all. <laughs> Bar one or two messages. It was, like... The the article I was reading painted a very bizarre picture of how they handled that. Uh huh. But um, yeah. Whilst I have endless criticisms of the BBC, <laughs> and also actually, the the thing with BBC networking as well is that the software they use is not suited for it. Like Capital and Bauer and even uh-huh. Gadio have all these like fancy softwares that have like this built into the programming. So a presenter uh-huh. like me can do the networked link and be like, this is Gadia Manchester, this is Gadia Birmingham, have that bit play out to the different locations and then uh-huh. start my link after that. The BBC do not have that. They oh. they have like quite old technology still. And so oh, like God. there was a compilation of like various like <laughs> split news things going wrong on the first few days of this and presenters talking over each other in different it was <gasps> a whole mess. Oh no. Bless their souls. Like that's not their fault. That's the technology and the boss's fault for making it yeah. in the first place. But yeah. Whilst I have the endless criticism of the BBC. One thing I do love about BBC Radio particularly is how much it pisses off commercial radio. Like when Radio 1 were doing their like starting their whole like internet stream Radio 1 dance, which was a digital only station on like what's it called? BBC Sounds uh, playing Uh nonstop dance music with the occasional like dance themed show dotted around. The owners of Capital Radio Global, the ones who now control all the billboards as well, which is why you see LBC news headlines on your streets, digital billboard these days. Uh Basically free for them to do that. Uh, We're so mad that they complained to Ofcom about competition rules because God forbid the BBC can play nonstop dance music with no adverts, taking precious ears away from our worst service, Capital Dance, that we definitely have plans to launch soon and then did launch, but still. Uh I I think Capital Dance was launched in such a rush, personally. God, okay. So, Kieran, before we move on, any questions regarding locality and licences before we move on? No, just a general sad emoji. Yeah, yeah. that's quite yeah. that's quite a sad tale. Couldn't couldn't do a show a podcast on the radio industry about talking about networking. But because this is Pop Goes Capitalism and this episode is already going to be so long, I'm going to largely 
choose on purpose to ignore talk radio programs, and that's general talk radio, not the fucking station of the same name, even though it still counts as talk radio <laughs> itself and this shit, and is now a TV station because, of course, it is, and Julia Hartley Brewer revolves around the world and whatever. <laughs> Kieran, how much do you know about how music makes it onto radio? Uh, not much at all, really. I know, I know, I know about the payola of the past. The what? Sorry, payola, like in America, What's payola? where they would oh. basically like pay. Record labels would pay radio stations. Oh, Jesus, did they? Yeah, wow. but then I think it was made illegal. So I bloody hope so. So I don't know. I don't know much about it, but I. I mean, I've heard like discourse, especially about Madonna and ageism. Oh yeah, that I remember that one as well. That was Radio One. <laughs> yeah, and maybe even Beyonce with "Break My Soul," like her newest era. I don't remember that one having controversy, but maybe it was something. Apparently, similar. it like took a while to like. Oh, did it make its way into heavy rotation? Because they were like. Well, the 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 idea or the theory goes that like they were hesitant because Beyonce's old now. <laughs> well, I might be able to shed some light on um how some of this works for you in this next section Ooh. because we're going to talk about songs. So the the fact that shocks pretty much everybody that I ever talked to about radio is the fact that the majority of songs that you hear on the radio were not chosen by the presenter themselves. Gasp. <laughs> Some stations yeah. like BBC ones or the odd independent commercial stations may have a few spot plays, as they're called, which is where a presenter can choose. Although these days it's more that a presenter can choose from a pot of approved hits sort of thing uh. rather than like whatever you want. Mostly, though, CHR and AC, that's contemporary hit radio and adult contemporary stations, have a playlist that works a little bit differently to say my meaningful songs playlist or my sister's songs to get pregnant to playlist <laughs> where these are big sorting tags for songs that enter a big algorithmic process oh, which is shit. called a playout software read that as spotify with extra buttons and okay. comes out the other end with like how a typical hour on a tuesday afternoon will sound like on your station as well as making sure that you don't play the same song in the two hour period uh-huh. or the same artist in the same one hour period although this might be different now as i've heard multiple stations break this rule over the past year or so but that's how it used to be when okay. i worked in all of this I feel like they've changed it slightly or made it less of an offence. I don't know. I've heard Radio 1 play a song back-to-back recently. So. Oh, really? Oh, that sounds yeah. wild. Okay. You never used to get away Ooh. with that in my day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... okay. <laughs> so you'll typically get an A, B, and C list, which is... I've heard about uh, like... that from Radio 1. Yeah, which is like new popular songs that people want to hear more of if it's the brand new ed sheeran it will probably end up straight on the a-list which means the most plays <sighs> per day very heavy rotation so shortly after the two-hour period it was last played in it will be played again sort of thing um, uh-huh. whereas if it's a carly ray jepson track that's climbing slowly on the charts or something it may start off its life in the c list which is a few times a day, if it gets a positive response from the audience or the audience measuring things, which is like thumbsing up on the app and stuff, uh, it can rise into the B and then A list. 
over weeks or maybe even months or just vanish completely after a week because it didn't do the numbers they thought it would. Uh-huh. You also find things in a playlist, a uh, radio playlist, like Recurrence or Core, which are like older tracks that are still perceived to do very well with uh, your audience. Like Sexy read that. Back. Yeah, read this as every presenter is sick to the bone of these songs because they are the ones they hear the most. Oh, God. Oh, my God. You need to name some. Um, okay. Uh, let me think. Imagine Dragons. What was that song? Counting Stars? No. Wait, Counting no, that Stars was is a great example. One from Republic someone. shit. Yeah. Oops. Um,. <laughs> I'm trying to think of Gadio examples because they're the ones I've worked for the most. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I can't think of any now. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Jess Glynn? Well, Jess Glynn's always an error, but that's me. <laughs> oh, Clean Bandit and Ed Sheeran are probably up there. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Symphony. Rather be did numbers. No, I love Symphony. Oh, okay. Symphony's gorgeous. But uh, Rather Be... Yeah. One that went mad. Was Call Me um, Maybe on there? It probably would have been probably a bit more before my time, though, because that was like... Uh, yeah. It tends to be these songs are from the last few years, say maybe five to ten rather than uh, 15 okay. to 20. Because once you get into the older songs, they get added to what my next paragraph says. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> an old school anthem. So on Gadio, we have Gadio anthems. I think Hits Radio might call them... Uh, Oh, I don't know what they call them these days. They've had many names for them. Uh, Radio 1 anthems, that sort of thing. It's like older tracks that still hit well with your audience. Uh-huh. Uh, and so these might be like a whole hour, like Gadio do. Gadio anthems at 11 o'clock till 12 o'clock every day for a whole hour of old school dance anthems. Um, or okay. they'll get peppered in your playlist. So your A and your B list, you want to come out of like adverts with an A list song, and then there's a B list song, and then there's a core song in there, and then there's another core song, a B, C, and then an old school anthem peppered in for good measure. And that's how the uh-huh. clock works. That's what I mean with a clock. It sort of uh-huh. adds it in in a certain position next to adverts and news breaks and uh-huh. talking and links and things like that. So it'll literally like order the the playlist for you as well yeah it's all there so when i log on to okay. zeta the system that gadio uses to record a show uh it'll have all the links that i've got to record in there and the songs and uh-huh. you're not really meant to move those around too much unless it's for timing reasons and stuff uh and like... definitely don't move the a-lists out <laughs> from uh, post news and post advert break ones is there like a randomized button or is it like no this is the way it's gonna be like, or can you they, say, like, I'm not vibing with this. Try again, computer. Uh, not as a presenter. That is like a, okay. a station music producer, like oh. a music team decision. Uh, okay. Usually once it's generated, you have to stick to it unless there's like a glaring error where there's like 50 Britney songs in there. <laughs> <laughs> like so, Scott Mills when he tried to play the whole Britney album that one time. Wait, really? Um, what? There's a great old video of Scott Mills locking the radio on studio to try and play as many Britney uh, tracks uh, uh, <laughs> um, oh my God. before getting sacked or something like that. What the uh, hell? <laughs> oh my God. I need to see yeah. that. <laughs> I'll try and find that video for you. It's a very fun video. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you are a new or small artist or whatever you call yourself, your options are actually quite limited as to how you get radio play. As... 
for commercial radio stations like Capital Heart, Hits Radio, and all their competitors, uh, they are just commercially motivated entities trying to cram as much popular music into an hour as humanly possible. In short, they won't ever consider playing anything that isn't from a major artist unless it is literally charting or viral for whatever reason. Yeah. It's really sad. Um, also, Kiss, the radio station Kiss, their way of cramming as much music as humanly possible in seems to be speeding up the songs what the to a degree that you're not really meant to be able to tell, but I can tell, and it annoys me to no end. Oh, that's weird. I didn't <laughs> notice that, but I don't listen so often. Yeah, I really hate how Kiss operates there. I, I don't understand what. The, it can't save that much time uh-huh. yeah no so if you are a small artist or a band or any other kind of music maker you could try your luck on the ever shrinking bbc introducing platform which recently got gutted and network semi-networked like i mentioned with the evening programs so sad uh, to get some airplay on the local stations and maybe even some choice plays on bigger bbc stations depending on genre uh, or you can head to smaller community stations, which is a complete mix whether you end up on air based on things like how many volunteers they have, are tracks submitted even looked at fairly, is there an email that they're sent to and is it even monitored, do you know somebody volunteering there who might be able to play your song, etc, etc. Community radio is really weird because it can be incredibly biased or open, depending on how it's run, and about a thousand other factors as well. Yeah. One bit of advice I do have to you, though, is that music pluggers promising radio play specifically are a scam! Dun dun dun. And I have all confidence saying that without putting allegedly in there. <laughs> I have my theories about the ones that promise being placed favorably in like Spotify playlists, etc., but no real life experience to talk on. Whereas the ones that brag radio play specifically will be laser focused on examples of artists they've somehow gotten onto like BBC Radio or who uh, signed up to BBC introducing themselves and the plugger is claiming uh, it's because of them and yet you can't apply to BBC introducing as a third party. So, hmm, whilst managing to get the odd bit of airplay from a local station that actually reads the endless spam emails they get, I say this as a person who was in contact with pluggers as a presenter at a community <laughs> station and would sometimes play the new music that they sent me, again based on if I like the sound of it or not. Uh, I wouldn't have done it at the time if I fully understood what I now know about these, but, like, please don't give your money to these pluggers. They're, yeah. You've just you've got just as good a chance by sending a one-off batch email to a bunch of music emails at community stations than paying somebody to basically do the same thing but for you, because that's all they will do. Legally, I am not talking about any pluggers in particular here and some <sighs> may go above and beyond for you and that's a great fictional thing that might happen someday <laughs> kieran i could talk about this forever but uh that's the gist of it any burning questions at this point um no no not really no cool we are entering the final chapter dun dun chapter dun. four Surfing capital. <laughs> well, it sounds like surfing con. <laughs> that was the idea. Oh, okay, I got it. Yay! <laughs> that was good. That tickled me. Oh. 
<laughs> okay, but I the, the I'm gonna do that again just because the sentence after. Um, oh, okay. It's meant to be all dramatic. Oh, okay. This is meant to be the dramatic part, okay? Chapter four: Serving Capital. The year is 2020. I just made my childhood dream come true by presenting two shows on BBC Radio One at the end of 2019, and yet there is a sinking in my stomach that was very real and very persistent. I often tell this story differently, but enough time has passed that I feel I can actually talk about it a bit more honestly now. I actually left my job and dropped out of university before the COVID pandemic hit the UK in March. My world was falling apart. I just couldn't understand why. My mental health was at an all-time low. The depression I had leading up to the lockdown was one of the most intense depressions I've ever had as an adult. As I alluded to at the start, I was burnt out pretty bad, but I knew there was more to this than just depression and burnout. Spoiler, it was autistic burnout from years of masking as well, but that's just a side note at this point. So the year and a half I spent barely leaving the house for a walk was the year that I went from like this vague progressive lefty to annoying far left cockroach. Having that much time on my hands gave me an opportunity that I couldn't ignore to properly learn about the systems around me that just made everything so difficult. I didn't really know what capitalism properly was before that point other than that it was bad and people I tended to agree with also hated it. But now I actually understood it. I knew what it was and why it was so bad and how it seeps. It's lovely tentacles into everything good we could ever have and taints it to its very core. Yeah. (laughs) So radio, therefore, was not free from this new understanding of the world. Radio as an agent of capitalism, one that normalises everything that's terrible about the world with a glossy finish of a pop classic. Schedules that are designed around a typical nine-to-five workday is literally Uh called... Drive time because people listen to it whilst driving home from work. Presenters and advertisers will always assume that you listening are working. They will talk about Monday like it's a chore and Friday like it's the best thing since sliced bread. No questions, just assumed conformity. The content that was always demanded from you wasn't necessarily entertainment or even information. It was conformity. Can you go on air for a 30-second link that tells listeners that you hate Monday too? That some pop star had drama on their private jet? And yeah, you wish you had a private jet and money in your bank account too. So why don't you enter the million-pound plop for your chance to get just that? T's and C's apply. Not even talk radio programmes can do any real analysis on this because they're too busy yelling at their listeners or being yelled at by their listeners because who doesn't love a meaningless debate where everyone comes out having learnt literally nothing but to stick to their line Uh, no matter what oh and not to mention the 30 second link is also going out across 10 different cities that need separate outros for the last song so that it sounds like you're just down the road from the listener because we fired everyone so that we can consolidate power in three strategically placed hubs across the uk (laughs) god (sighs) 
if a song is about to end on a radio station and the presenter pops up and says something like, it's free radio, and it sounds a little bit out of place and classes with the end of the song or the vocals, yeah, that presenter had to do that for multiple different stations across the country. So uh, in Clyde, they got to hear the presenter say, it's Clyde Radio, where you heard, it's free radio. Mm. It sounds less terrible over the end of a track than it does directly after it because then there would be an unnatural gap between that city and station and the live voice of the presenter. It is so corporate. It is so fake. And the more that I learned about capitalism, the more that I just couldn't unsee all of this fakeness that existed in radio. I have tried to stop liking radio, but that's just not how autistic special interests work. I will always have a soft spot for it, a fascination for it, and a love for the good that it can genuinely do. In many ways, I am living proof of it. But if you have ever wondered why I stopped trying to find work in radio, it's because A, I saw radio for what it really is. B, I couldn't keep the, <laughs> I couldn't keep up in an industry that demands so much and accommodates so little. And C, it's an unbelievably toxic environment to work in, especially the further from the top of the industry you get. And that is why I love that community radio exists. That's why I love that podcasts exist, so that I can still keep using these skills for some kind of good. And so I'll finish by saying thank you for listening to Pop Goes Capitalism in 2023. Whether you've been here since March or you've recently found your way here, I'm so excited to continue shit-talking capitalism with Kieran in 2024. That's me! That's radio! Boom! I loved that. That was so fascinating. Thank you so much. Um, Closing remarks. I think your summary at the end was very illuminating and it kind of makes sense to me a lot more now why you left radio. Because in... Like, it sounds like kind of like no matter what angle you look at radio from, there's capitalism, like, in <laughs> yeah. every nook and cranny. Song selection, the the fakeness of, like, the, you know, the falsified illusion, this illusion of uh, locality, every part of it, like, the business side of it, or the actual, like, yeah, both the business of radio, but then also the output on radio yeah. is is both very, very much influenced by capitalism. And I guess that's something like nice about podcasting is that it's it's not always free from capitalism, but it no, but it no. can be. Oh, absolutely. Basically. Much more free. Yeah. In the sense that you can upload it for free. And you yep. can you can reject sponsors or not be offered any sponsors. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and and just like, you know, you can decide to do whatever you want to do. And also also one one horrible thing I think about capitalism is that you always there's always this tendency, you know, and it makes a lot of sense because maximizing profits, there's always this tendency to target as many people as possible which Mm -hmm. tends towards you know the average so you can't like something like this i mean yeah i mean obviously a capitalist like enterprise wouldn't really allow this 
as such like what we do with our podcast but like even if you forget that conflict of interest they wouldn't allow this on anyway just on account of like how many people are interested in this conversation you know and this this political perspective i mean it's i'm sure it's a hell of a lot more people than currently listen to our podcast but still like by, by I think we cap- could have a lot of fun if we became a radio show and was legally allowed to play music. And like, oh, yeah. we, we could make this podcast, like, it could be commercially viable like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the political It's an interesting conversations that we have. Yeah. But, but like, like, they probably wouldn't go for it because it wouldn't maximise it. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't maximise profits and maximise listeners. And... Yeah. It's much better to just have someone, oh, it's Monday again. I've got that Monday feeling. And that's that's weird. I think you've, I, I forget which matrix pill it is that like makes you see the reality. But I think you've really given me that one a bit <laughs> about radio. Like, Well, yeah, wow. it, defi- it definitely happens to me whenever there's like the radio's on in the kitchen or whatever. And they're talking about like what you're having for tea, what you've done, what, what you did at work today. Sort of yeah. Thing. Exactly. It's just it normalizes a sort of society I don't really want to live in where it's all we talk about is like the labor we did and not like the joys. Yeah. And, just, mm. and it's also so dark as well because like like this this kind of framing of the week and everything the capital the capitalist week. What's really <laughs> dark about it though is like is like Friday is seen as such a a day of celebration and something to look forward to so much. Yeah. It's it's weird that, you know, even by the capitalist definitions, it's like, yep, five-sevenths of this is crap. But Friday's (laughs) cool, isn't it? It's yeah, like what you finished. Fu- yeah, what the fuck? Like it's weird that And even- I mean that is even yeah. so far from reality now that we've got such like precarious conditions. People yeah. have to work Saturday and Sunday. People are working weird hours, weird jobs, all like what's it called? Gig economy exists. Like Friday isn't even that good for most people. Yeah. And it's and, just a yeah. fake illusion of normality that they have to keep up for the normies. Yeah. And even people on salaried contracts, you know, with the connectivity of our modern world, you know, they can be. Nobody can ever turn off. They can be harangued. Harangued. Oh, get me. Good Get word. me. Harangued. Come through vocabulary. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, you know, even they can be harangued at like any ungodly hour of any day mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah i yeah i've really loved hearing like your i think this was so wonderfully done and it's so so neatly encapsulated everything i like really learned oh. a lot from it and really Thank enjoyed you. it and i feel like i understand your your perspective like your story and your perspective like a lot more now not that i not that i was in some state of confusion beforehand <laughs> but you know yeah, i just never yeah. really thought to ask but that's like, kind of why i wanted to do this was yeah to, to sort of lay it and i mean i've i do want to state i've left a lot out so if you're thinking like oh I, like like you missed out this or i experienced this with you and like 
any anyone that might potentially be listening to this thinking, why did you leave that out? It's Where's because this would have gone on for like four or five hours at least. There's so much I had to leave out for timing on this. And also some things that I don't think I can talk about without getting in trouble. So Oh, God. Um, yeah there's a lot of that as well but i'm so glad that this this worked and that it made sense yeah it definitely made sense i had such a great time and and now i know the new the the alternative definition of networking yeah so fascinating the first couple times you said it i was like huh and i was (laughs) and then i cut and done and i was like oh okay yeah radio networks it's like when I just say side chaining all the time in daily conversation <laughs> with people. Like, just gonna whack a side chain on there. Yeah. <laughs> <Side chain. laughs> um, and if you enjoyed the radio content, it's not quite over. We may have a little festive surprise Ooh. that involves Ofscom, Ofcom's guide to swearing <laughs> that I'm going to guide Kieran through I am uh, made around the festive this. period. This is what I was made for. This is my destiny. Honestly, the first time I went through this uh, at Community Radio in 2015, it was the funnest session of training I ever had because it's so good. Oh my God, we should do Ofcom swearing bingo. I mean, half of them we can't say because slurs, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not so fun. We're going to have to be choice with what we say. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But there are some that are so, so outdated. I think you can say them without like... Oh, and some of them that are just plain ridiculous, and you're like, "How is that even offensive?" I'm gonna wonder how. Uh, well, yeah, no spoilers, but I'm excited to see how many gay ones there are. There's a whole section. Oh my god! Oh no! I am <laughs> so excited for this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna preemptively call it the homophobic f word. Wait, <laughs> I wonder if fruity would be banned. Fruity? I, I honestly I haven't looked at this in years, so I'm hoping it's still as good as it was. Oh um, my god! But yes, uh, that is our festive special yes. where we will also talk about albums we've enjoyed this year. Uh, yes. yes, cool. Pop goes capitalism. We'll return before Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so our much for special. listening. Yes, thank you so much, and we will see you then. Toodaloo. Bye bye. <laughs>